Hey there, everyone. What's up? Welcome to the Just Speaks Digital Podcast. Today, I have an amazing podcast interview for you guys, and I can't wait for you to hear um, why this particular person decided to start a podcast, which I love. I think out of everyone that I've interviewed, you know, it's been amazing this journey going across and hearing uh, everyone's thoughts about why they started a podcast. And it really was from the inside out, right? It was something that they felt was um, a hole they saw in the world and they felt like they needed to fill that void. Um, And so this is no different. And I love, like I said, the premise of her podcast. So we have Akila S. Richards on the line and she's going to tell us why she started a podcast and uh, move us into uh, some more of her thoughts which you guys get ready because I already know she's going to be a powerhouse (laughs) just from talking to her. So Keila, tell us the name of your podcast and why you decided to start a podcast. Sure. Thank you. Um, Akila S. Richards and my podcast is called Fear of the Free Child. Uh, I started that podcast in the summer of 2016 as a result of two more um, murders of Black men at the hand of police. It was Philando Castile and Alton Sterling. And um, that particular summer, it was June maybe, or July, and they uh, were murdered in very short succession of each other. And I remember that I started getting emails. I started getting direct messages. I have a, an audio recording thing on my website, my main site, and people were leaving me voice memos there saying, you know, you, you out here talking about what we do as unschoolers and people who choose to, you know, raise our children outside of schoolishness, not just the school system, but also school at home and what conventional schooling represents. Um, we can't do it safely because our, I mean, we, we're not even free to be safe, let alone be free to like learn how we need to learn. Look what they're doing, you know? And I, Obviously, for me as a Black woman, I could relate to the the fear and the anxiety, but that didn't make me want to do what I was doing less. It made me feel the need to do it more and to do it in community more. And so I started Fear of the Free Child to talk about the fear, it's F-A-R-E, you know, the cost of deciding to raise a free person and also the responsibility, like a play on the word, like what it costs us, like what responsibility do we have? to create community around the way that we choose to raise our children. It's not enough to not be in the system. What are we doing? Um, And I knew that people were doing something about it. So I wanted to have this space where we were talking about the questions, but also the solutions and what was working and who was doing what and where we are and where we didn't have to explain ourselves to white people in any way, shape or form, um, you know, to create community around what we did. And so that's, that's why Fair of the Free Child started. Well, so tell us a little bit more about raising your kids outside of, you said outside of, of the traditional system, but also outside of homeschooling. So tell us a little yeah. bit more about that and how that kind of uh, came about to you. How did you become aware of it? Sure. Um, well, it really was, I, I love to say because it's true that we made it up. And then found out it was like this whole movement around unschooling and the broader umbrella, which is self-directed education. So the same way you have 
conventional schooling and you have like Montessori and you have Waldorf, you know, um, you also have self-directed education, which is essentially the premise that learning is natural and schooling is optional. And, um, and then I take it further to say that schooling in, in most cases, particularly for BIPOC folk, is toxic and it's also very like white centric and um, diminishing of our potential and our um, capacity to collaborate. And so what we do is um, the term, the broader term for it is unschooling. And it started for us, our daughters, Marley and Sage are now uh, about to be 16 and about to be 13, no 14, oh my God. Um, they, in, in elementary school, they were doing fine academically. They got labeled gifted and talented and all of that. And um, the school system was trying to create some sort of curriculum that would make sense for what they thought the, our daughter's academic needs were. And while all of that was happening, we realized, Chris, my partner, and I realized that our, our daughters were emotionally uh, shrinking, I don't know, for lack of a better term. So Marley, for example, our oldest, always had this really vibrant, outgoing personality, and she liked to ask questions, and she had questions about the questions, and, you know, just what you would want for any child in terms of how they um, engage in the world, you know, and engage themselves and their curiosities. And she went from that way to being really, like, nervous about asking questions and, um, constantly I, I write a lot about how I remember how she was like seven years old and she had her hands up in the air and she kept saying I, don't, I have so many thoughts mama and I don't have time to think my thoughts because somebody's telling me their thoughts and and she was just going and I was like it's, what, what is going on with this child and then when Sage our youngest went into school and she had an, an issue with schooling for the same reason um, I mean, for different reasons, you know, she was very much a comfortable introvert, liked to be by herself, even when we went to the park. She liked to be at the park, but not necessarily play with other children. She just was quite comfortable um, in her way, um, in her own, you know, in her own way of being. And school felt for her, the term she used was peopling. They keep peopling on me. And we'd say, well, you know, that's life. People exist in the world. So we kept just kind of squashing their concerns until after a while Chris and I were like wait a minute if if like we spend so much time trying to get them to like you know be comfortable in this thing maybe it's worth looking at whether this thing is a good fit for them and then we're like well that's crazy what the hell school is a good fit for everybody and blah blah, blah. and we just kind of went down that path until we realized that it wasn't a good fit for Marley and Sage at the time and so we eventually broke them out of school and <laughs> we started doing schooling at home. And then we started traveling a little bit back to Jamaica where Chris and I are from, and then started to just really observe. We had the opportunity to observe how Marley and Sage were learning things that we weren't teaching them um, and how vast and uh, voracious their learning was when it wasn't confined to like whatever simulation environment we were doing with a book or whatever. They were learning languages on their own. They were uh, going into courses of study of things just because they were really interested in it. They found tutors online. There was just this whole world that we could not have planned, let alone understood 
And so we just continued to back away from them in terms of learning structure and became unschoolers and also became a nomadic family because we realized we didn't need to be in one city or country for them to like learn in school. So we traveled and yeah, that's kind of how it, how it unfolded for, for us. And um, over time as a blogger, I would share what, you know, what I was doing. And then we found other people who were doing it and conferences happening across the world. And I did a TEDx talk about it and it, it's, you know, lots of us are doing it. And so <laughs> it became wow, this that's whole amazing. Thing. I know, right? Like, <laughs> You're probably saying out loud, like, oh, yeah, man, you've done us so much. <laughs> yeah, I'm giggling a lot of sometimes, like, word, that did happen. And then we met these people in that city. And that's really just how it unfolded. Wow, that's amazing. And, you know, it's so funny, like, you don't realize the impact that you're having. You know, I used to say, um, I used to work with an organization uh, called Great Black Speakers. And, you know, I was trying to get the... Um, the founder to uh, do video uh, during this time, a couple of years ago. And I'm like, come on, you got to do video, you got to do video. And he's like, oh, I don't want to, I want to be behind the scenes, uh. you know? And I'm like, no, you have to be the face of it. Um, and I said, you know what? You, you don't realize that you're making history until you actually make it. Mm. You don't realize in the doing of making the history until it's already done. And he's like, wow, we actually made history. <laughs> so his whole thing was like, oh, yes, I need to make history. I need to make history. And that kind of <laughs> galvanized him to like move forward. Because I'm like, this, all of this is new. You know, yes. never in their history have we had the ability to use video and audio the way that we do. So you have true. to take this opportunity now to uh, showcase the expertise and the talents that you have, as well as the speakers on your bureau. So it was amazing. Mm. You know, like I said, you don't realize that you're making history until you've actually made it. So That's so true because you're right? in the thick of it all, and yeah, that makes so much sense. It's it's amazing when we um when we do when I have like a speaking gig, usually the whole family, so me, Chris, Marley, and Sage, we all go, and it's amazing to see how, for me anyway how well received we are wherever you know, even though like I know I go into spaces to disrupt them, and I don't. I'm usually I'm not the person you bring into a space to make people more comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like everyone knows this in the, in the self-directed education spaces. And yet we're so wonderfully received because of the, the impact, you know, because of the type of work that's being done. And you're so right that you don't in the moment recognize it at all. So in those moments, I'm always like, wow, oh, this is great. Like lots of people have listened to these things or have done this course that I did or you know, oh, oh, they really, oh, they remember that thing that I wrote like seven years ago. It's, it's amazing because I know what it's like to be on the receiving end of that for all the people who, you know, have written and just produced content using these mediums that have changed my life. That actually is a great transition into my second question is what impact you hope your podcast will have in the world? Simply, I want to be part of normalizing self-directed education for Black people, Indigenous people, and people of color. I want when I go somewhere and I say, oh yeah, you know, we're unschoolers, that another Black person isn't going to be like, yeah, but what about college? Not because that's not a legitimate question, but I don't want to hear it because I want us to be so versed in understanding, well, what does that actually mean when we focus on college and look at the statistics about what actually happens as a result of getting a degree, particularly now, 
is that the flex? You know what I mean? Like, let's ask these real questions um, and be versed in what it means to dissect these things and not feel like you're crazy because you're having these thoughts. I, I want it to be normal for us to understand our children's particular type of brilliance and how to support it. That's, that's what I want. Well, let's talk about that a little bit. When you raise children in that, um, like you said, unschooling environment, and yeah. I love, let me, I just want to pinpoint that you said the stimulation of environment. I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> if that didn't hit me in my heart, I don't know what did. Um, because I have six kids, so I'm a mom of six, and I, you know, some of my kids have an IEP. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting that when they bring up the IEP thing, it's always like, well, they don't know this and they don't know that. And it's like, well, when they come home, they're fine. <laughs> you know, when they're at home, we don't have this issue. Like, okay. So it, it, I got to a point where I recorded my daughter and then I sent them a video and they were like, oh, and it was like, wait, why am I trying to convince y'all that my child... <laughs> Thank so I got you. to a point where I was like, you know what? I'm not going to even, y'all can keep her on that because she gets the time out the classroom, but <laughs> you know what? I'm not going to kind of try to convince you. Good none of that you. Stuff. Yes. So, yes. Yes. And then, and the, the one really important part of that entire dynamic is your daughter, you know, while all of this is happening, even when we find solutions, what are the messages that are pervasive about who she needs to be, how she needs to show up in different spaces in order to be valid, in order to be, to feel safe to people, in order to, you know, like what, what is the cost of being herself in different spaces and who is speaking for us, for Chris and me, it was like, wait a minute, we are representatives of the school system. So who's repping Marley and Sage? You know, like we had to recognize that. And that's when these things come up. This is why I want us to be versed in these sorts of unpacking and, and, and really thinking these things through because many of us are not in school because we think it's the best thing. It's because that's what we're used to or because the way this thing is set up structurally, you need a place that feels safe for your kid to be for a certain amount of hours a day so you can generate income we need to know that there are options outside of that and know what it looks like because in the middle of all of that are our children and, and whatever they're being, you know, whatever's being reinforced about who they are and whether or not that's okay. Girl facts. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And so moving into um, my next question, which isn't the last question just yet. I want to tease this out a bit. What are your plans for your kids when they, and I'm giving you, I'm asking you the question you don't like, um, (laughs) about college and all that good stuff, because in this society that we live in, in order for them to be CEOs, corporate executive, blah, 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 Mm -hmm. right? They have to have gone through some type of academic structure. What do you plan on your children doing? And I know you, you basically raised them up to um, learn on their own and do their own thing. But what are some, I guess, goals that I, I guess I can put it that way that mm-hmm. you feel like your children, like, oh no, when you get older, this is how you will generate income, oh. so on and so forth. Yeah. So I, I do not, nor does Chris, we don't know. We have no idea. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't suppose what they would do to generate income because that's not my place. That's not my job. Um, what I can influence and what, what goals I have for them is that they are, uh, they have what I call confident autonomy, you know, so they have a knowledge of um, how they learn best. 
they know what their skills are, you know, the way that I know um, what I'm good at, at, which I got there over time. That wasn't as a result of my degree. So that they understand what their skills are. They understand how to collaborate with other people. That's a huge thing that we lose from schooling because your peers are your are, um, competitors. Um, so they understand how to grow, how to work in community, how to be themselves around other people, that they have an idea of the sorts of problems that they can help solve with the sort of skills that they have. Those are the goals that I have for, for them. Those are the things that I hope that the way that we're raising them, they're developing language and practice around those skills, which is applicable for anything that they would do. Um, right now, both girls have ideas about the type of things that they want to do. One of them is interested in college, one is not. We don't care. That's not a focal point. What we're talking about are the life skills that apply to like personal leadership. <laughs> um, and I love that. And so I feel like someone is going to kick me or send me an angry email if I don't ask you, how will they get into college with the unschooling? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, um, easily. So there's a common app, right, in terms of the U.S. There's this one common app. And um, in order to get into most colleges, you do not need even um, a high school diploma. You can test in to many places, most places. And also in terms of your portfolio, many places, including a lot of the Ivy League schools, are looking specifically for homeschoolers and self-directed learners because of the types of confident autonomy that they have and because of the vast rich life experiences that they've had and their capacity to um, think critically, you know, and to act with a type of confidence that schooled kids tend to not have because they're so focused on external validation. So not only can they get into colleges, their applications are usually more impressive than a schooled kid. Um, there is a guy named Antonio Bueller who runs a self-directed education center in Austin, Texas, and he wrote a really comprehensive piece, and I can send that link to you, um, about how non-conventional learners can and do get into college. And uh, that's a good resource for everybody to look at when that question comes up, because you could do it, and oftentimes it's better. Yeah. And you know what? And I love that. And that's exactly what I wanted to tease out because I know, like I said, I'll get an angry email <laughs> um, or someone will, you know, DM me and yeah. go, well, what about this? You know? And, you know, it makes so much sense. There's so many different resources and, and ways for you to do this thing called life without doing it the way that we've been told to do it for years yes. and centuries. And you don't realize that or uncover it until you actually do it. And then you're like, oh, well, why didn't, didn't they tell me? Because they're not going to tell you. Exactly. Because they're not going to tell you because you're food um, for the system unless you make a different decision. And this is what we're talking about, that we do not want our children to end up with like better versions of the lives that we survive. We want them to have a type of confident autonomy that says, I can actually make my place in the world. Like I don't have to fit into a groove of something that exists and I can do that in community. Um, and I can do that, you know, being my blackity black self or my whatever, whatever self or my cross section of identities. Yeah, oh, I love that. And so moving into our last question here, what's one thing you want people to know about podcasting? Oh man, 
I love this question so much because I feel like anybody with anything interesting to say should at least do a short run series. Um, I'm so into podcasts for people's life stories. I want to say that it is not as complicated as you think and that you don't have to do a podcast that lasts forever. You can just do a short run series. Consider laying out six to eight episodes about something that you really geek out on and put it out there in the world. Yeah. I love that. That's a great, great idea. And it's something that I suggest to a lot of my clients a lot. Ah. So thank you. Yes, yes. <laughs> Why not? You know, it's a body of work around a super specific thing. And that's awesome. Yeah, you know, because I, I work with a lot of like physicians and folks in that uh, in the healthcare space. And they're like, I just don't have time. It's like, look, pick one Saturday or Sunday, sit yes. down for a couple of hours and just like all the information is already in your head, like literally. Yep. Yep. So outline it and go. Yes. So yeah, that. I love that. <laughs> um, so thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for getting digital with us, Akilah. <laughs> Tell us where we can find you, where we can find your blog, um, where we can find more information about <laughs> schooling. Yes. Good stuff. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. And I love, love, love what you're doing. As I told you, I really appreciate you committing to this and we get to benefit from this type of commitment. And um, I love it. You know, I live for these sorts of things. So the, um, the work that I do is over at raisingfreepeople.com. You'll find the podcast there. Um, the podcast is also available anywhere that you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the places. Um, so raisingfreepeople.com. And then my blog is radicalselfie.com, which um, I hadn't written on since 2017, but Life has been wrestling me, as I've been saying, for the past few weeks. So I, I went back to my blog crawling like, okay, let me make sense of the world. So RadicalSelfie.com. Um, and then lastly, Instagram is really the social media platform where I like to play. And I'm at Fair of the Free Child, F-A-R-E of the Free Child over there.